So we're beginning here uh, with John chapter 6. Very famous chapter in John's Gospel. I guess they're all famous enough, right? <laughs> John chapter 6, where he uh, eventually uh, is going to launch into, into this bread of life discourse. He speaks of himself uh, as, the, as true, uh, true food and his blood as, as true drink. And uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful passage. And over the next few weeks, uh, we'll be hearing from John's Gospel. And we'll, we'll walk through all of it. And you'll be able to, uh, to reflect and hopefully meditate fruitfully uh, on the presence of our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. Uh, but our Lord uh, knows uh, precisely why the people need to hear uh, this, uh, this, this passage. And the, 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 the hint, as it were, uh, comes from the last line of today's Gospel. Jesus knew that they were going to come and carry him off to make him king, and so he withdrew again to the mountain alone. Why did he come off and make him king? Not just because he performed signs, he was able to feed uh, the 5,000, but precisely because, precisely because he's able to fill their stomachs what he accuses them of actually later in, in the gospel. He says, you've come to me, but he, after this he goes across the Sea of Galilee, and they'll follow him. And he says, you guys are following me because you were filled, because you ate the loaves and you were filled, not because, not because of the sign that you saw, not because of the faith that should have been inculcated in your heart because of this sign that I have performed. In other words, you missed the point, is what he sort of nudges them, even accuses them of. And so what is the point that we're supposed to get from this, from this gospel today? Again, it's not just that our Lord is going to make, uh, rather, uh, fill all of our earthly needs. We know that he does take care of us, and that's one of the reasons that we come to him. We recognize that in so many ways uh, we are striving to, to just make it through life, uh, and, and we need some help with that sometimes. Uh, life throws at us curveballs, uh, and we need to have some kind uh, of outlet, some kind of escape, some kind of help uh, when we recognize that our human abilities uh, don't, uh, don't, don't fit the bill, so to speak. And so Lord does take care uh, of so many of those things. But we also know in the Christian life that he brings us through some pretty difficult times uh, in our lives. We also know that uh, we face obstacles uh, in, our, in our lives that, that mean that the direction of my life isn't what I expected it to be at the outset. And so our Lord uh, wants to make sure that we also know that in the middle of those times, uh, we get to place our hope uh, in something that is more lasting. Uh, all, you've, you've heard the line before, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans, right? Uh, and so, well, we do so often, and very often they fall short, uh, and he invites us into a deeper trust on a regular basis. What is it that you are placing your hope in? Is it the plans that you made, the idea of, of a perfect life, or the bucket list that you have uh, for your life? Or is it, in fact, my will for you? Not just because I'm God and you're not. Okay, whatever. Uh, it's actually because He loves us. And He knows what it is that our heart desires. He knows what it is that the world needs. And He wants to be able to provide that for all of us. And so in a humble trust, then, we come to him. That's how he invites us to come to him. And so this miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, uh, that reality of humble trust, uh, really it's all over the place when you consider it. So here he is teaching his disciples, um, and he recognizes that they're going to need, well, some human sustenance. Uh, and so when all the, the, the 5,000 come to him at, at, at the outset, the implication is that they came to him with nothing, or at least with not enough, to be able to take care of themselves. 
And our Lord, in His goodness, recognizing that, says, okay, I'm going to respond to the fact that you've let go of things, that you've left legitimate human needs behind in order to come and listen to me. And because you have done that, I now can fill you. Why? Because your hands are empty. You're not grasping on to things that uh, would, would keep you from trusting uh, in me. So that's the first one. Secondly, uh, we have uh, this, this young boy. There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what good are these for so many? You can imagine, like a 10-year-old kid, um, over here, we've got to feed these people. I don't know what I'm going to do, but i got five loaves and two fish. I can help you out. Thanks, kid. You know, I mean, imagine that's kind of the, the, the first response that you're gonna that you're gonna have, and yet our Lord, seeing just the simple, humble generosity and desire to be of service that this boy has, uses it for such uh, uh, an amazing and fantastic miracle. What kind of humility and again simplicity and trust did that little boy have, such that our Lord uh, was able to do such great things with it? And isn't that the invitation that he gives to us as well? Maybe it seems like there's a whole lot of problems in the world, because there are. Maybe it seems like I wish I could do a whole lot to fix them. And maybe it feels like I can't. And yet, our Lord invites us still into simplicity, into humility, and into trust. Just to offer the little bit that he has given us, such that whatever it is that I have, let's be honest, Jesus knew that the kid had five loaves and two fish. He knew it from all of eternity that that was going to be the situation. And he planned it that way. So what about for you and what about for me? He knows all of the things, all the gifts that you have. He knows all of the resources that you have. And he knows all of the places in the world that need what you have to offer. And he says, if you want to have the greatest effect, if you want to be able to be part of the miracle that I'm going to perform, all I need you to do is offer it to me. All I need you to do is to place everything that I've given you, as small as it may be, at my service. Because as much as you see the problems in the world, as much as you love all of the people around you, how much more do I see the problems in the world? How much more do I love all of the people who are around you? And how much more do I love you? That I want you to be a part of this solution. So thanks be to God, then, that He gives us this opportunity to be involved uh, in the salvation of, of the world. So what happens after that? The people recline. He took the loaves. He gave thanks. He distributed them to those who were reclining and also as much of the fish as they wanted. So the, the language there, you've all heard it before. Um, and you hear it here every Sunday when we celebrate the Mass. This whole feeding of the 5,000 uh, and filling them totally and completely until they were completely satisfied, as we know, is an image of the Holy Eucharist. It's an image of what He gives to us uh, every single time we come to Mass. It helps us to recognize again that all of the problems that we're trying to solve, all the needs that we know that we have, while they are important and good and our Lord recognizes these things, He calls us to something higher. He says it more, more pointedly, I think, in other, other places in the Gospel. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Absolutely nothing, if I have to say it. Nothing, nothing, nothing. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? He says, come here and, and, and let, let your soul be filled. 
Let me give you everything that your heart desires. I know the way that I made you, and I know the gifts that I have to give. When they had their fill, he said to his disciples, gather the fragments left over so that nothing will be wasted. He desires that nothing of which uh, he gives, nothing that he gives is going to be lost. So the word of God is sent forth, for the, or the, the, the seed is scattered, some of it is on, on the rocky ground, and some of it on the soil, and some of it on the path, and all these things. It seems like it's all being totally wasted, because he's so extravagant in his gift. And yet, in the divine plan of God, what does he do? He gathers it up. And where does he offer it? Where does he give it? He gives it to, to his church. And that basket, those 12 baskets, which signify the 12 apostles, signifies uh, the, the entire church, that basket is the, is, the, is the font from which the church offers to all of us uh, day in and day out, year in and year out, century in and century out, the Blessed Sacrament. So now we have the chance to turn to the altar. Placing our trust in a deeper way in the victory and salvation of God. Knowing that there are human problems, but also realizing that my peace and fulfillment and the salvation of the world isn't found in just the solution of those Human problems. Hopefully, hopefully you saw the, the parish newsletter that, that went out last night and I quoted uh, John Paul II. It's a good place uh, to close, I think. He says, In that little host is found the solution to all of the problems of the world. That's the faith and confidence with which we come to the altar. And that little host is found the solution to all of the problems of the world.